People of Note on Fine Music Radio is proudly brought to you each week at this time by Peter Turin Productions. This is Rodney Trudgeon introducing you to this week's edition of People of Note. Now, let me tell you some background to what I'm going to be doing, because from the 20th of February to the 11th of March, Peter Turin, in association with Cape Town Opera, will be presenting Masterclass at Theatre on the Bay. This is described as a riveting play written by the late American playwright, librettist and five-time Tony Award winner Terence McNally, who wrote, among other things, Kiss of the Spider-Woman, and Ragtime, the Lisbon Traviata. It's directed by Cape Town Opera's artistic director, Magdalene Minar, with musical direction by José Diaz. And the two-act play stars Sandra Prinsler as Maria Callas and features well-known arias by Verdi, Puccini, Bellini. Sandra is a purely acting role, and she'll be joined by a stellar cast of supporting Cape Town Opera singers. And the director, Jose Diaz, takes on a dual role as pianist and actor. So, Sandra, it's great to welcome you here in, I think we can safely say, an unusual role. Would you agree with that? Well, yes, I suppose it. Hello, first. Hello, right? yes. It's lovely to be here. I suppose it is, but in a way it is. I, you know, I've played historical characters before. So many. So, so many. many of them. It is unusual for me to have the combination of music, of mm-hmm. course, um, in this play and but it's also wonderful it's wonderful sure. i get quite caught up listening to these young singers they <laughs> they sing so beautifully that i almost <laughs> forget about what i'm supposed to do <laughs> but sandra am i right in saying let's just get this right here at the beginning it's a master class it's an older maria color she's yes. retired but yes. she still does master classes yes so you don't sing or mime at all no 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 i don't sing no i i do some of the recitative which i just um talk but i talk i talk it more than what i actually do actual recitative and you know i I have to know the music because i have to interrupt and say no this is no good and you know (laughs) do this and on the breath and blah blah so i work very closely with jose and and magdalene trying to get to know these very complicated especially bellini's music Mm -hmm. It's, it's complicated stuff, but also glorious stuff, beautiful stuff. So, yes, it is a, it's a process for me. Mm-hmm. It's a process. Sandra, when you were asked to do this, mm. did you say yes immediately or did you have to think about it or did you think, oh, no, maybe not? Or did you jump at the idea? I thought about it for about five minutes and okay. then I jumped at the idea. Ah, so it's something that you... Actually, Jose, so yes, but Jose had mentioned, to it, um, mentioned it to me about, I suppose, two years ago, oh, wow. maybe, okay. or sometime last year, beginning of last year, and I said, oh, that does sound interesting, and I knew that Jana Celia had done it before, so although I didn't know the play, um, I knew enough about it to know that it was a very good play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was reinforced by someone like Sarki Buta who said to me, oh, you absolutely have to do it, you know. So <laughs> it always helps when someone else says that absolutely. as well. And so, yes, so I jumped at it. 
But, um, Sandra, you, uh, before this play came along, did you ever like or listen to Maria Callas? You know what? Maria Callas plays a very important role in my life. Oh? I grew up with opera that, in my opinion, you could not watch. It was very much very large ladies standing on stage, singing straight out to the audience with not much emotion, watching the conductor, and I couldn't watch that. I hated mm. opera. Mm. absolutely loathed it while I was at university. Oh, and one of my greatest friends was Niels Hansen, who was the artistic director of Pactop. Yes, in Pretoria. Yes. So it was very hard because I had to pretend that I loved it and I didn't. Then one morning, <laughs> <laughs> a friend of mine had to go somewhere with his mother. I remember I was in Durban and said, listen to these tapes. And they were actually videotapes. Just watch these. And I sat at 11 o'clock in the morning in front of the TV and watched Maria Callas doing a concert. She was in concert and just weeping. Crying and crying and saying, I love opera. I love <laughs> opera. <laughs> so it was, it was a, a, a turnaround for me. Maria Callas, like I think she did for many, many people. I'm not the only one in her lifetime while she was singing. She knew how to bring people into the situation, into the, into the story, because she was such a consummate interpreter and actress. Mm -hmm. She wasn't concerned just with technique. You know, throughout the play, she says, you know, notes don't interest me. Just singing doesn't interest me. You know, it's not interesting. <laughs> what you've got to do is you've got to find it in yourself mm -hmm. and you've got to interpret. And that's what I suppose I loved about her being an actress myself. Of course, I want to see believable and consummate acting. Also, she was very beautiful. She was slim. Very. She had striking looks because of her Greek uh, background. Yes. So on stage, she was quite... You couldn't take your eyes, let alone your ears. Yes, well, her. I mean, people fell in love with Callas and with the legend. And she wasn't always beautiful. She was quite a plump young that's girl. Right, that's right. Called herself, she calls herself fat, ugly, thick glasses, greasy skin, bad skin. <laughs> but she wanted to make herself beautiful, and she became beautiful. She did. She lost an enormous amount of weight, I think something like 38 kilograms wow. over over 10 months, became slim, wanted to look like Audrey Hepburn. That's right. That's yes. right. And it, it's absolutely admirable what she did. Mm. In a way, it was also her downfall. Well, this is the thing. Mm. And, I mean, in a sense, her life was ultimately tragic, wasn't it? I do think, I do think so, yes, mm. because she should have had a much longer career. But, you know, she was such a complex creature. And I think in the early part of her life, theater, opera was so all-consuming that she never had a life. She married a man much older than her. He could have been her father. So she mm. never really had a life. And when she eventually became beautiful and glamorous and um, discovered the beau monde, yes, she... Yes. She fell into that trap in a way of not really maybe looking after herself as as well as she should have. But, of course, she became this enormous superstar. I mean, she was yes. bigger than any she pop was star. Massive. She was massive. massive. I mean, she had no privacy, of course. Mm -hmm. And she didn't have a life before that as a woman. So when she met Ariovanasis, it was the woman in her that wanted to live. Mm. 
I can't understand it myself. And she <laughs> wanted Arionassus, but apparently he was enormously charming yes. and enormously captivating. Yeah, as you say, one can't imagine it. Because no, no, no. <laughs> but <laughs> we won't go there. But that caused her a lot of pain, didn't it? Heartache. A lot of pain, a lot of heartache, but also a lot of joy. You know, mm. one mustn't forget that in the beginning, her relationship with um, Aristotle and Assis was, um, was one of deep love and, mm. and lots of joy. And that's why she felt she could give up theatre. Yes. The other thing that, that's happened to her is, I think, the enormous pressure that was put upon her because she was such a star started fraying her nerves. I'm sure, yeah, absolutely. And she never had nerves before. When she was younger, you know, she'd be a little bit nervous, but she mm. didn't, you know. And I think the terror became so much because she was so scared to let people down, especially when the voice started going a bit, you know, because mm. she always pushed herself further than any other singer ever had. So she exhausted her, her resources, I think, yes, you know, her vocal resources. Yes. Far too early. Far too early. So, and that was tragic. But then that brought on the, the, the nervous crisis, you know. She was taking quite a lot of pills before she could go on stage in the later years and didn't always have a very good effect. Mm. But she so desperately wanted to just be a woman. She wanted to have a child very badly. She wanted. She actually wanted a normal life at some yes, point. Yes, isn't that ironic? It's so ironic. Yes, this sort of superstar. Yes. And all she wanted was probably to be a housewife with a child. Exactly. And she was actually a demigoddess, not she even a superstar. A she was a demigoddess. Gosh, People went hysterical. Yeah. A, a student jumped off a balcony to, to, to prove his love for her. <laughs> Luckily, he didn't kill himself. But you know. <laughs> Now, Sandra, let's listen to this voice, this extraordinary voice. Uh, this is an aria by Bellini from his opera La Sonambula.
They were the voice, Maria Callas singing Anon Credea Mirati from La Sonambula by Bellini. And the first choice of my guest, Sandra Princelieu, here on People of Note, who's playing the role of an older Maria Callas in the play called Masterclass, which opens this month at the Theatre on the Bay. And we get a taste there, don't we, Sandra, of that. One says unique too often these days, but it was a unique voice. An absolutely unique voice. Many people will say not a particularly lovely voice. Yes. Many people didn't like her. Many people didn't like her. Um, it was also, of course, an interesting time. We can talk about that just now, about the clacks and the, you know, the people that were paid to throw rad- radishes at her. That's the, right. That's the Tabaldi right. crowds. Um, yes. yes, yes. <laughs> so, but, I mean... I think she does it so beautifully with such feeling. And in Masterclass, it's very interesting. You know, she, she, when she talks to the young soprano who sings uh, La Sonambula, which is um, a leader singing it in our production, she says to her, but, you know, look for the truth of a situation. It's not that she's a sleepwalker. That's, by the way, anybody can walk in their sleep. But not everybody can weep in song. And I think that is so true, and that's so beautifully said by McNally, mm-hmm. because not everybody can weep in song. And then she says to the young soprano, find the truth of the situation. And what is the truth of the situation? It's a broken heart. She has a broken heart. Sing that. Sing with a broken heart. Don't sing me notes. I'm not interested. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> She's quite harsh with the students. Yes, in, in I this believe play. so. Yes. But this play of McNally's, um, you said earlier, you know, you have to interrupt them. But presumably yes. he guides you to interrupt them. If oh, you oh see absolutely. What I mean. No, it's all scripted. It's yeah, scripted. He, he yeah, knew yeah. the music very well, and yeah. it's all scripted. So the singer will be going along, singing away. Yes. And he will have scripted what he wants you to say about yes. that, where yes. you stop her Absol- or him. Absolutely, yes. Where you'll say, you know, I talk about certain techniques, but I talk mostly about feeling. The whole class really is about... Finding out who you are, finding out where your emotions lie and your feelings lie and using them, Mm. sharing them with the public, making the public feel what you feel. Which is important on the opera stage. I think is crucial. Otherwise, people end up like you when you were young, not enjoying opera because it's just people standing singing. Exactly, exactly, because you are only a vehicle for the music and the storyline. And the storyline, as we know, in opera is sometimes quite silly, um, (laughs) (laughs) to say the least. But the music is sublime. Mm. But you have to interpret that music and you have to do it with, with emotion. I had a friend who was a conductor and he said, and he was a very good conductor and he knew what he was talking about, and he said for him... Maria Callas was one of the greatest musicians yes. that the planet has seen. I, I can imagine. And that's across the board. You know, yes. he's talking about pianists and violinists. Yes, and yes, yes. That Maria Callas, as a musician, yes. was unbelievably professional and great and flawless. Oh, absolutely. She, I mean, she worked tirelessly. She worked six hours that's a day. That's the other thing, isn't it? Yes. She worked so hard. She worked incredibly hard. She never, never stopped. She never gave up. And some people found her a bit overpowering and interfering even in rehearsals. But Mm. she could not stand shabby work. She was such a professional herself. She was such a dedicated worker Mm. and always wanted perfection. And she says in one interview, well, if I didn't say this to 
whoever, you know, so-and-so, we would never have gotten on that stage because it wouldn't have been right. And we have to do it right. Yes, from the beginning. <laughs> yes. A professional right. down to fingertips yeah, as abso- well. Absolutely. Um, I remember I interviewed a man called Robert Sutherland mm. who in the later part of her life when she stopped appearing on the opera stage and was doing concert performances, used to accompany her around the world including with her people like Giuseppe Di Stefano, who sang with her. So yes, often. yes, especially and the he, last, she had the last tour with him. That's well, right. Yes. And I think Robert was on that tour, All and right. he was on People of Note with us, and maybe I'd like to lend you that book, and you must have yes, I know I you said you're reading a huge amount, aren't you? I am, I am. I have read a huge amount, and I'm still... <laughs> there's one book that every night before I go to sleep, I read another chapter because it's just so fascinating. Mm-hmm. I know the whole story, but... You know, you get new information from each writer. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And do you do you listen as well? Do you listen a fair I amount? I do listen. I listen a lot to to and watch to videos. Her. And I watch videos. I've watched all the interviews. You know, there's not much about the productions. Mostly mm-hmm. concerts. Yes. There is José, who has been marvelous. Who's been, you know, really such. He's a, a bit help. of a star. Oh, Jose. he's amazing. Yes. He's absolutely amazing. And he um, he found some actual video footage. Of film footage of of some productions, and then I saw one which was very interesting because you know there was a great rivalry at La Scala with Tibaldi. With Tibaldi, and there's one with Tibaldi singing, I think it's Casa Diva. I'm not sure. I can't remember for the moment. And then they have Maria singing it, and the difference is quite profound. I mean. Mm-hmm. Colors just colors it so much more, just yes, gives yes. you so much more. Whereas Tebaldi sings it beautifully. Yes. But she sings it beautifully. Yes. I know exactly what you mean because I am a great Tebaldi fan. Yes. And as you say, they like chalk and cheese, really, Actually, in their are. approach to music, to opera, yes. to voice, to technique, yes. and all those Everything, things. Everything, yes. Uh, just after this next music break, we must talk about those people who are paid to throw. Yes. Tomatoes. (laughs) But the next aria that you've chosen, Sandra, is by Verdi Mm. from Macbeth. This also appears, all the music we're listening to here appears in the play. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Not all of it, but but this one does. Um, The second soprano comes on and decides to do the lesser scene. And um, Maria gives a a bit of a hard time about (laughs) it because she feels that she's not emotionally going there. Mm. You know, she has an interesting thing. She says, listen to the music as diabolic music. And we know from which part of her body this music comes. And it is diabolic music. It is. It's incredible. And the composer also said, I don't want a beautiful voice to sing this. Mm-hmm. And Maria went that way. And she was criticized for not singing it beautifully. But she didn't want to sing it beautifully because that's what the composer wanted. Yes. She wanted to have a harsh voice. Yes. Here she is now, Maria Cullis, with this aria from Macbeth by Verdi. Yeah. 
That's the aria Vieni Affretati from Macbeth by Verdi with the lovely Maria Callas, whom we're discussing today on People of Note here on Fine Music Radio, a production of Masterclass, all about Maria Callas uh, teaching people how to sing, is opening at the Theatre on the Bay 
on the 20th of February. And in the lead role as Maria Callas is Sandra Prinsler, who everyone knows. Sandra, everyone knows you because you've done so much. I got a list here of your CV, and I thought, you know what, I'm not going to look through this. Because (laughs) there are theatre roles, film roles, television roles, awards, many, many awards. And also, and I was surprised about this, directing. TV presenting, yes. we know from your, your series yes, of interviews. Yes, I have directed quite a bit, yes. Okay, but we're going to get there in a moment. I still mm. want to talk about Maria Callas. I'm happy to talk about <laughs> Maria Callas. But just before that music track, uh, Sandra, we spoke about the, what's the word that they use for those people who pay to throw things at the artists? Oh, well, the clacks are to clacks. support. The clacks are to support. Yeah. And they were paid, and it was an accepted... Um, thing in in theater in those Mm -hmm. days that you paid the clacks to support you but then there were also the people that were paid to boo i don't know what they were called i can't (laughs) remember oh so the clacks were the ones that supported as far as i know the clacks yeah the clacks were the shout and scream and throw flowers and and they were paid they were paid and it was accepted practice um but then there were also the the nasties you know there was so Kalas knew every time she went on stage especially at at la scala where tibaldi had her group her following and she had her following and uh, at one night uh, the Tobaldi followers when everybody was raining roses on stage threw a bunch of radishes as well (laughs) Maria Callas being very short-sighted picked it up Oh dear! But then handled it when she realised what it was handled as if it was flowers and just <laughs> politely gave it back. <laughs> Good grief! That's a lovely story. I didn't know that before. Yeah. Have you seen? There's that lovely picture of the two of them hugging, Callas and Tibaldi. You must have seen that somewhere. Yes. Well, you know, I didn't think it was so much the two of them that had. Fights. No, it was the public. It was the public, yes. you know, yes. and also I think um, Giringeli, who was the theatre manager, mm. because he fired Maria Callas in the end. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's um, I don't know if you ever go to McGregor. Yes, yes. There's a, a thing there called Temenos, yes. which is a retreat centre. Yes, which is run by Billy, um, uh, whom I used to know at the SBC, and he is a Tibaldi fanatic, and he calls oh, really? his restaurant there Tibaldi. Oh, right, And he right. got to meet her once. Yeah. But the the opera lovers, as we know, are very um, clear about what they like and dislike. And oh, absolutely. As we said earlier, Colour certainly had her detractors, didn't she? Oh, she certainly did. I believe nowadays it's not tolerated at all. Mm. Um, hecklers not. are thrown out yes. and banned for life. In opera houses, <laughs> so, so that, that that practice has died out, you know. And I think it must have been very tough. I mean, imagine oh, singing yeah. in opera and trying to get those high notes, trying to get to a high F, and the people are booing you and yes. hissing at you. It and must also be that so you've hard. done all your training, you're an act mm. like Callas, as I said, mm. a great musician, an absolute perfectionist. Yes. To have the rabble throwing flowers. Flowers, at you. yes. Uh, Radishes. Radishes at you <laughs> and screeching and hissing at you. Terrible, terrible. No wonder terrible. her nose became frayed. Yes. In this play, is there any reference to things like her nerves being frayed, her voice collapsing, yes. or the relationship with Onassis? Yes, there's quite a bit. There there's is actually oh. a, a dialogue piece that I have to do both. I have to do both Onassis and her. Oh. And she, she goes back into memory, and it sums up their relationship, you know. I think that... Um, 
Terence McNally really painted quite a, a dark picture of of um, Anassis. From what I've read, um, he was enormously charismatic and charming, mm. although he was very much a peasant. Yes, you absolutely. know, he wasn't seen as one of the sort of more aristocracy mm. of, it was of, of the shipping money. industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was new money. Very, very much so. He was a self-made man. Yes, but of course, Maria gave him. Open doors, access mm. to royalty, to the Beaumont, to the the well-heeled, the wealthy, yes. the respected people, and yeah, she she gave him respectability, you know. And he wasn't, as we said, we hinted at earlier. I hope I don't get into trouble for saying this. He wasn't what you might call the world's best-looking man. No, not an oil painting. Not no. an oil painting. That's much. No. <laughs> delicate. But, but am I right? It, was it Jackie Onassis that came along and ruined it, or had they already broken up before then? Well, well, you know, from what I've read, Onassis always had affairs, and um, Maria Kathy Kennedy was who I'm thinking of. Sorry. Yeah, yes, yeah. Maria ignored them. He invited the Kennedys on board. Uh, firstly, he knew Lee Radziville. Uh, which was her sister who was married to Prince Radzivill. But they also asked Jackie on board, and mm-hmm. she knew there was something going on. She knew. With Callas. Yes. Callas yes. was actually told not, she couldn't be on board the Christina if Jackie was there. And later on, and also she, sometimes she said she didn't want to. She never met Jackie Kennedy. Oh, that's interesting. They I never, ever that. met. Mm-hmm. But she said, according to her interviews, it's more from Jackie's side. And... Um, she, I mean, she did have a tempestuous relationship with Onassis, and he became incredibly controlling. And so there was always a breakup and a makeup, and you know. Da, da, da. But in fact, the news of uh, his marriage to Jackie was a huge shock to her, yeah. enormous yeah. shock yeah. to her. Yeah. But you know, he kept coming back to Maria. He kept coming back. They weren't married, were they, or were they? No, married? they were they never married. married. No, they were never married. Mm. She, she would have liked to have married married him. Which meant that the Jackie marriage came as even more of a shock that he married Abs- Jackie. Absolutely, and, and, and marry, more of a slap her. in the face as well. Yes. You know, you can imagine what she must have felt like. And then when Anassas realized that this marriage isn't all he thought it was going to be and Jackie was spending his money left, right and center, he would stand under Maria's window and shout. And the maid would just say, Madame isn't in. Yes. And then he said that he was going to drive his car through a front door and it became terribly traumatic. But eventually she did let him in and... In fact, they were seen dining at Maxime's together oh. and then photographed. And when Jackie saw the picture in the paper, of course, she, she cabled um, Anassis and said, I'm landing in Milano tonight, uh, oh, sorry, in Paris tonight. And she insisted that they go to Maxime's and they sat at the same table where Maria and Anassis had sat the night before. And Maria was devastated. Yeah, I'm sure. She was devastated because, you know, Jackie just snaps her fingers and... uh, Onassis Yeah, Onassis is is back there. Uh, You might have mentioned this earlier, but didn't Onassis say at one stage to Maria, you don't need to... Why do you still want to sing? Oh, he did. He said, why don't you give it all... Oh, yeah, Yeah. in the Magnali, she calls it uh, uh, cacascata. Why do you want to sing this music? It's all cacascata. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine saying something like that to Maria Callas. Terrible. I mean, he he hated opera. He hated Mm -hmm. opera. He didn't want her to sing opera. I mean, he he didn't... He only went to sit in the box 
for the social, you yes. know. And, yeah. To rub shoulders. To rub shoulders. Said, but he royalty. never supported her. He always thought it was a load of, you know, of rubbish. And and, uh, and he called her his canary, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and once, apparently, um, he said to him, oh, shut up. You're just a has-been singer with a whistle in your throat that doesn't even work anymore. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it was really abusive that towards is cruel. her. That is cruel. Apparently, toward, later, when she was wanting to do the Pasolini film about Medea, he was very, very abusive and nearly derailed the entire project. Wow. Yeah. Gosh. We're going to have some music now. And this is Casta Diva, one of the famous operas oh, yes. from yes. Norma by Bellini. And here, and this is in the play as well, isn't it? Casta Diva. No, Casta Diva is not in the oh, play. It's not, no, in, the it's play. not okay. in the play. But it is an extraordinary, extraordinary aria. And, and performance. And performance. The performance. And. Apparently, as she ripened into the part, it just became more and more beautiful and more and more introspective. And yes, a marvelous piece of work by Kalas.
The great aria from Act One of Bellini's Norma, with Maria Callas there and Tullio Serafin conducting Custodiva. And there, another choice of my guest here on People of Note, Sandra Prinsloo, who's playing the role of an older Maria Callas, giving master classes at the Juilliard School in New York in 1971. And on the stage, as you heard us say, didn't we, Sandra, we have some of the singers from Cape Town Opera whom you will, in fact, be giving master classes to in this wonderful play. But I think one of your other favorites that you said, uh, Sandra, was Unbeldi, One Fine Day from Madame Butterfly. And let's see if we can fit that in now. And I know, I don't think it's in the actual production, but here it is, Maria Callas and Unbel di Vedremo from Madama Butterfly.
a famous aria from Madame a Butterfly by Puccini, Un bel di vedremo, One Fine Day. And that with the Philharmonia Orchestra conducted by Tullio Serafin. As you said, Sandra, Maria Callas really enjoyed working with Tullio Serafin and some yes, of her yes. great recordings are conducted by him, including her magnificent Tosca and also Rigoletto with Giuseppe Di Stefano. But that's all in our program for today. I've been talking to Sandra Prinzlu, who's playing the role of Maria Callas in a play that is opening at Theatre on the Bay on the 22nd of February called Masterclass. And it's going to be something that I certainly can't wait to see. People of Note on Fine Music Radio was proudly brought to you by Peter Turin Productions.